Today's episode of Down to Dunk is brought to you by Robinhood. With Robinhood, you can invest in stocks, options, and ETFs right from your phone. You can even spend and earn interest on uninvested cash. And with fractional shares, you can buy stocks in any amount, including companies like Apple, Amazon, and Tesla, for as little as $1. And that's with no commission fees or account minimums. So whether you're new to investing and ready to learn or just looking for a better experience, stop waiting and join the 10 million Robinhood users. Listeners can get started with a free stock by going to dunks.robinhood.com. That's dunks.robinhood.com. All investments involve risk. This is not an investment advice, a recommendation, or a solicitation of any security. Other fees may apply. Visit rbnhd.co forward slash fees. The free stock program is subject to certain limitations. Annual percentage yield on uninvested cash is paid by program banks and is variable. Robinhood Financial is not a bank. I'm Deontay Burton, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Hamadou Diallo. Hey, I'm Danilo Gallinari. I'm Chris Paul, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Luke Dort, and I'm down to Dort. What's Dort? I'm not going to lie. I don't know what that was. In English, bro. I'm Darius Baisley, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Shake Gilders Alexander. I'm Steven Adams. I'm Andre Robertson, and I'm down to dunk. On you. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me today is my good friend, Alex Spears. Alex, what's up? What's up? Alex. Good morning. Monday, the Thunder played the Rockets in Houston. And it felt just like one long version of Thunder fan fiction. Starting with... Lou Dort being in the starting lineup, guarding James Harden, which I really wanted to happen on Monday, and then it happened. And then the Rockets, <laughs> the Rockets were nine of forty-five from three. James Harden was one of seventeen himself. The Thunder win the game. Chris Paul goes insane in the first half. Gallo and Schroeder carry them in the second half. And now it has Houston fans crying, bench James Harden, get Westbrook help. Could we have written a storyline that sounds more unbelievable than that? Well, I think that was the case for the first 24 hours. But then, Andrew, we got the last two-minute report. Every Houston Rockets fan's favorite thing. <laughs> and that proved beyond of a shadow of a doubt that they should have won that game. So I think Houston Rockets fans are back on their grind. They're doing their thing now. So the Rockets now won. Here, yeah, they- yeah. I, th- I think there's, pro- there's probably a Rockets fan who religiously reads the last two minutes reports and has been tallying up how many wins they actually have. Mm-hmm. If all of these calls <laughs> had been made correctly. <laughs> Um, so Will I you explain what the, the last two-minute report says? The last two-minute report for this game said that two of James Harden's turnovers in the last two minutes, uh, notably the one where where he kind of just like ran into Shea and Shea got the ball and it became a fast break, um, two of those turnovers were actually OKC fouls. And in both cases, Houston was up by one at the time. And therefore... We got a protest. What about the first two-minute report whenever Clint Capella took out Steven Adams? He did. He did a chiropractic maneuver <laughs> on poor Steven Adams without his consent. Uh, that that looked so painful. And when the report started coming in from Twitter that it was a left ankle thing, it's like, what? I know. Didn't you could see sense. him hobbling, but still you thought, this, this does not look good. And Clint Capella's quote from before the game um, was kind of staggering to read. I'm going to see if I can pull it up. But, I I mean, if oh, you're... talked about Kraken. <clears throat> yes. Okay, so he said, uh, we know sometimes there's going to be mistakes, and it might not be the right thing to do on that action. I think effort helps cover mistakes, get back more defensive rebounding, 
go back in there and crack somebody. Just the little things you do. <laughs> little things you don't necessarily see on the stats or anything. Yeah, we're not going to see that on stats or anything, Clint Capella. That was- yeah, that was, that was brutal because obviously we've seen this team make plenty of comebacks this season. But once Adams was out and we already knew that Nerlens was out and we're having to rely on Muscala and some of our other skinny guys <laughs> down there in the post, even when they got down, you're like, well, yes, they can come back, but it's unlikely it's going to happen today. Right. So I was out by the third quarter. I was pouting, Andrew. I was <laughs> I was so mad about that Capella foul early on in the game because I feel like. And and that happened in the first two minutes, I think. I think Steven mm-hmm. Adams only played like a minute and a half or yeah, something. Yeah, less, less than two minutes. But that first two minutes was so good, you it know? Good. It, it got me so excited for the game. Dort was looking awesome against Harden. We were doing whatever we wanted. We were maybe missing a few shots, but big deal. It looked like we were already in control of that game. And then that injury happens, and you're like, man, even if they play well, it's going to be so hard to win this game. And they really didn't play well for a lot of that game. And then all of a sudden just turned it on and the Rockets did their thing, you know, (laughs) they did do their thing. I mean, you had like, they've been known to do this. You had some demoralizing moments like that Tabo three at the end of the quarter. You're just like, come on. All right. Like that feels like it's going to matter. And then the third quarter, the Thunder lost 14 to 23 and it just felt like, all right, pack it up, boys. (laughs) This This is not our night. And then they, I mean, this it's unbelievable. They beat the Rockets 41 to 20. They scored 41 points in the fourth quarter. And I I, uh, I think it was glazed and consumed. He uh, posted the highlight video of the 17 to 1 run mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter. I went back and I was watching that. And one of the things I noticed, because I was, of course, on the Rockets subreddit after the game, and one of the common refrains there was, that they were just very upset with James Harden. And one of the reasons was if you look at the shot charts of Russell Westbrook versus James Harden, it didn't seem like James Harden was trying all that hard to get to the rim, even though we had the legendary Mike Muscala down there for most right. of the, de- the game. <laughs> but watching that 17 to one run, I was like, you got to give some credit to Dort because there were a few plays where Harden wanted to get to the rim, but Dort is so wide mm-hmm. that he could not get past him. Yep. Shout out to Billy for playing him because, I mean, he's a, he's a two-way rookie. And you have Hamadou Diallo. You have Deontay Burton. You have these guys that have more experience. You could have said, you know what? I'm going to give the nod to the experienced guy. But Billy played Dort 32 minutes. He didn't even play Burton and Hami 32 minutes combined on a night where they're short players. So, I mean, like, I, you have to give Billy credit for the recognition and for just giving him all those minutes because he didn't have to do that. I mean, he started Hami the game before. And so right. I think that's a pretty big deal. And the way that Billy handled the rotation still, like Chris Paul only played 33 minutes. Gallo only played 35 minutes when you really needed Gallo for probably 40. I mean, honestly, the way the, how well he was playing and then also the fact that you have no big guys. I mean, they played their big guys without when, after Steven Adams went out were Baisley, Muscala, and Gallinari. It's like, okay, that's a night where Gallinari plays 40, but still Billy was able to manage his minutes to keep him under that, which I think is, I think is a huge deal for Gallo. I don't think you need to be playing Gallo 40 minutes, but I think that I think a lot of coaches probably would have just because you needed him. And they won anyways, which is it's still just now with it's with so the two week two way deal. That means he can play with the big leagues. Is it forty five days? Yeah, up to forty five days. I don't know what the the what what we're at today. Okay. I have no idea. But but I mean, it's kind of nice that they he really hasn't been playing that much this season. No. So we've got a lot of Dort time left. Oh yeah. I now, mean, there's a potential that they could play him out this season without signing him to a contract. Although after seeing what he did to Harden, I mean, how could you not? I know. I know. I mean, to me, he's, I think he's going to be a better player than Burton and Hami. Um, 
He just has a, he has an intelligence level that's just it's just a little bit higher than both those guys, and an awareness that's a little bit higher than those guys, and he can really defend. I mean, what nineteen year old rookie can you say that guy can really defend? There's I don't I don't remember. Yeah, any. I mean, for me, comparing him to Burton and Hami, the biggest difference I see is that he just plays in such a more controlled way. Mm-hmm. Like he seems to just know what he's doing even when you know it's not like in that third quarter he had some plays where it was not good it was not good but the whole team was playing bad at that time um he had some bad looking threes but he always felt like he was in control of his actions in control Mm -hmm. of his body movements Mm -hmm. whereas sometimes with Hami, it feels like he's still just wild Mm -hmm. he's just a wild man out there running around he doesn't really know what he's doing yet so it's it's exciting because Dort is like he's big. He's a big dude. <laughs> he he looks like the a prototypical like big guard that you would want to put on someone like Harden. Yep. Yeah, no doubt. And he's he's twenty. Some, somebody I, I saw said he was nineteen. He's twenty. Um, he, he's still very very young. I mean, Deontay is a full six years older <laughs> than Luke and Dort. And you can see the future of a guy like Lou Dort in the league. I don't, his offense has a long, 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 long way to go. But, but he, at least it's not just predicated on him shooting corner threes. Oh, like he's already shown yeah. he can do a little bit more than that. Yeah. He's a guy that you notice on the court at all times. On the defensive end, he is a difference maker. And on offense, he's in the paint mixing things up. And so that's, that's a little bit what Hami does, but. You also see the, like, on a fast break, Ludort's not going to force something that's not there. Hami doesn't understand that sometimes things are not there, and he just goes, which sometimes results in amazing plays, and sometimes it results in, oh, boy, that wasn't so great. Um, I, I got great news for you, Andrew. What's that? I was uh, scrolling through the Thunder subreddit yesterday, and thank you to GhostfaceKilla4592, let me know that Lou Dort is on Cameo, and it's only $20 to book him. Oh. <laughs> and, and it's it's really him. I went and checked, and he's done many videos for people. Really? $20? A lot of his videos have very poor lighting, I will say. <laughs> he really needs to work on his lighting, but otherwise, it's only 20 bucks. Wow. And when the, and when Ghostface Killer posted this, he said, oh, it's $25. So I don't. I, there might be a sale going on. Because when oh, I went on, it was 20 bucks. So well, if you want Lou Dort to say something to you, now's the time. What would you want him to say? Well, I was trying to think, well, just just hearing him speak the words Deborah Buckets would be kind of nice. You know, a little <laughs> bit of a dream come true there for me. Uh, so I can probably, I, make, I I can probably make that happen without the 20 bucks. <laughs> well, that's... Uh, yeah, I was going to bring it up in our group chat with the other down to dunk guys. And I was like, Andrew's like around these guys already. And I'm out here like, oh, can I spend $20 to get him say say 20 seconds about me? <laughs> I could probably get him on the pot again. And we can uh, just have him talk about Deborah Buckets for just a little bit. That'd be great. Hey, I want to talk a little bit about Russell. Okay. Westbrook. Yeah. Remember him? I do. Yeah. So he was really good, I thought, in that game. Um. He, I thought he was the best player on the court for the Rockets. He did have a couple plays at the end that were exceptionally bad, but it was like the classic Russ thing where his mistakes are louder than everyone else. Cause you look at what Harden did at the end of that game and it was oh, terrible. Man. Yeah. He was so bad. Although shout out to the last two minutes report. Maybe he wasn't as bad as we thought. Anyways, something has drastically changed with Russell and it goes back to Christmas day. He on Christmas day, he shot 0 of 8 from 3 against the Warriors, and the Rockets lost. In the eight games since, he's now averaging 2.9 attempts from 3 per game, mm-hmm. including five games with two attempts or less. Mm-hmm. And overall for this season, he's at he's still at 4.6 three-point attempts per game. Yeah. So there's been 14 games, Andrew, where Russ has taken three or less threes. What do you think Houston's record in those 14 games are? Uh, 10 and four, 12 and two. Wow. And then in the 22 games where he's taken four or more threes, Houston is 500. They're 11 and 11. Wow. 
Now it makes yesterday's win even more, or Monday's win even more impressive for OKC. <laughs> exactly, first. because here's the deal: like I think Russ is playing as as well as he has with the Houston Rockets, mm-hmm. and I think he's doing everything they need him to do. He's not really taking threes; he's not hurting with that. On the on the flip side of that, spacing is now a huge issue for the Rockets because. Anytime Harden is on the court with Russ, he's now playing essentially with two non-shooters in Capella and Russ. Yep. So now he only has really, if, if Russ isn't going to take threes, he has, you know, whoever's out there. Like it could be Tucker, McLemore, House, Gordon. Those are basically their three-point shooters. And so it just made me think like, and we said, we said this before the season and we were kind of like joking because they're like, well, that's never going to happen. But is the best path forward for this Rockets team putting the ball in Russell Westbrook's hands more often, which sounds crazy because we're talking about James Harden, the guy who has been second in the MVP for the last half decade. You know, he, he runs the most efficient offense, however disgusting it is to watch, but watching that game on Monday, like that offense was way more dynamic, way more interesting. Whenever Russ had the ball in his hands, I like, I was way more terrified of the Houston Rockets when Russ had the ball in his hands. Because it felt like when Harden had the ball in his hands, it was basically just going to be a coin flip. Like, he's going to dance with Dort for a second and then throw up some junk. He's been pretty bad this game, so I'm feeling pretty good. Whereas, like, Russ was penetrating. He was kicking out to shooters. And so I do wonder if there's any way for them to put the ball in Russell's hands more. But if they really want to do that and be successful, Harden has to start playing off ball. Because right now he's really not. And that was exemplified in one of those terrible plays that Russ had at the end of the game where Harden drives in, he passes to the corner, and somebody posted this on Twitter. Looking back, it was clear he was actually trying to pass to P.J. Tucker in the corner. Mm-hmm. But, he, but he actually, Russ intercepted it. And that's when Russ drove across the lane and eventually just shot this terrible turnaround corner three-point shot. Yeah. But part of the reason why that shot was so bad was because after Harden passed that ball, he just stood in the lane. He was just standing there. He wasn't running anymore. It's like the second the ball's out of his hands, he just like loses all control of his body and just stops moving. <laughs> I bet Harden averages the most stands per minute. He does. I was looking at his catch and shoot numbers, and you know when he first got, well, not first got. It was like 2013-14 season when this data goes back to. But those first like three or four seasons, he was averaging at least three catch and shoot threes per game, mm-hmm. and. In the last three years, basically since Chris Paul got there, it's been under two. Like last year, it was 0.9 per game. Mm-hmm. We know he's a good shooter. He could definitely do it if he wanted to, and it might significantly help that offense because then Russ could be playing with three shooters and potentially like three really good shooters because as bad as House has been, like Tucker, McLemore, and House are all shooting at least 36%. Mm-hmm. So I... Uh, as down as I was on the Rockets on Monday, there I do think there's like reason for optimism for Russ and this team in general. Not that I care, but just saying, like I would Russ, I would like Russ to do well. And there is some evidence that he is getting better with this team despite them going through this swoon. Yeah. It's kind of theoretical optimism though, right? Because yeah, you because have you, to say you know like, that James Harden is never going to do anything off ball. Exactly. In the same way that we knew that Russ was never really going to do anything off ball. Exactly. I mean, yeah. the Rockets probably averaged the most stands per minute in the league, right? They they do. Especially anytime Harden has the ball, that offense just shuts down. <laughs> and and that happens with other teams too. It's it's just the degree to which it happens with the Rockets. I mean, oh, we didn't even talk about uh, at the end of that game probably the biggest shot in my opinion was that Dennis Schroeder mm-hmm. like one-on-one over step Harden. back to <laughs> over Harden, which as it's happening, as I'm realizing that CP three is passing it off to Dennis and has no intention of doing anything. Cause the same thing happened. Like he passed it to Dennis and the other four guys just stood around like the, the three point line, not doing anything. And I was like, are they really, is this really happening? We're doing a Dennis Schroeder ISO step back to, to like win us this game. And I thought it was such a terrible idea. And of course he makes it. So it does happen with other teams, but yeah, this, this ISO Harden and you start seeing the cracks with the Houston fan base. 
they're like, is this, is this what we're going to do forever and ever? Which <laughs> the answer to that is yes. <laughs> as long as James Harden's there, that's what you're going to do. And it is okay, horrible I, to watch. I mean, honestly, horrible to watch. I, heard, I can't remember who said this. Somebody said, could some of the reason the ratings are down is because the Rockets are on TV so much? And nobody oh, yeah, wants to I watch heard that. That was uh, oh, that was on uh, Bill Simmons' pod. Yes, it was Rosillo. I think that said it. Man, that that pod's a lot better when uh, he likes your team. I know. <laughs> I, I'm 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 slowly wading back into the Bill Simmons waters <laughs> because that podcast was actually pretty great. Yeah, it was. It was just fun, and there's you don't feel like you're being condescended to. It's lighthearted, right? And now, if I was a Philly fan listening to that podcast, oh. I would be going insane right now I know. on Twitter and talking about how much I hated Bill Simmons because they were talking about, oh, it's been a few games without Joel Embiid. Maybe they should trade him. They should trade him for Sixers Victor Oladipo, so <laughs> who's coming <laughs> yeah. off of this horrific injury. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've I've uh, a half baked take for you. Speaking of Bill Simmons, okay, okay, I haven't thought about this through, but. That well, so I need some help with it. Tell me if you think this is possible or if it's stupid. So one thing we've always talked about with Russ, going back even before the trade, but especially after the trade, is I wonder if Russ isn't going to age well. Because a lot of his game is based on his athleticism and his energy. Mm -hmm. And as those things wane in his older years, is he still going to be as effective as a player? And I think that was a valid thing to ask. But watching that game on Monday, I started to think, are we sure that James Harden's game is going to age as well as we thought? <laughs> because he he is a prolific three-point shooter, mm -hmm. but it's not based on shooting skill necessarily. You know, he's not Klay Thompson. He's not Steph Curry. He, I think I was looking it up. He shot above 38% from three like once in his career. Mm -hmm. It's really based on high volume and high degree of difficulty. So it's not like he's this amazing all-time three-point shooter, just this pure shooter. Like he, he's this different type of three-point shooter. And watching him in that game, I'm like, what if that fades? Like he's shooting the hardest shot in the game. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's not unbelievable that as you age, shooting the most difficult shot in the game would get a little bit harder and the margins would become even smaller and he could start having even more of these one for 17 nights, which I think they actually brought up on the TNT show after the game because uh, Barkley was mentioning like how many they put up some statistic of like all the terrible games, all the terrible <laughs> shooting games Harden has had and how many of them were recently. And these are like record setting games, like for how many threes he missed. Mm -hmm. So it's just something I'm thinking about, Andrew, <laughs> because now I'm looking at LeBron in year whatever. Mm -hmm. And he was a guy whose game was, largely based around his athleticism it's like he's looking pretty good so maybe there is hope for us and on the flip side maybe uh father time is going to come for harden sooner are you saying harden's washed <laughs> is that the, listen i'm not a, i'm not a houston rockets fan okay i'm not going to say he's washed <laughs> oh man yeah i don't know i i still think that a lot of rust is based on pushing the ball and playing in transition and getting to the rim, and that's I mean that's difficult on your body, like to play in the paint consistently like that, especially for a guard, like that's tough. So, and I I just wonder how different that game would have been had Stephen Adams been at the rim, and not Mike Muscala and Darius Baisley. You know, right? And so I mean, Russ played a great game, and if he's going to continue to get into the paint, that's what the Rockets need for him. But is it that going to be the same in three years? Like, I don't know. Yeah. I think that's And we didn't even mention uh, the Rockets fans completing their full turn on Mike D'Antoni. I mean, I think most of them were there already, but oh, yeah. that game really solidified for it, which, in my opinion, the only real criticism I see of Mike D'Antoni again and again and again is that he's not playing Isaiah Hartenstein. Like, that's like <laughs> the number one criticism I see of Mike D'Antoni. Wow. And, and like, sure, yeah. He should probably be playing that backup center a little bit more, considering like they don't have a lot of depth right now. They lost Gary Clark, they lost Gerald Green, they lost Austin Rivers. They played eight like, guys. 
it, it's true. Like they, he should probably be playing Hartenstein. On the other hand, like you have this entire offense that exists around one guy and he's been playing terribly. He's like in an all time slump for him. Like given his recent stretch of play over these last three years, mm-hmm. like that's probably more important than anything Mike D'Antoni's ever going to do. Oh yeah. I mean, had Harden hit eight, three of threes? Se- eight of 17 or five of 17, then we're not having this conversation. Right. So I get why they're mad about D'Antoni. He does need to play Hardenstein, but there's, so many the, the Harden thing is the biggest was, thing like Harden has to play well and he has not played well Hardenstein was so bad in OKC unplayable in OKC when they played the Rockets he got burned by I mean that's that was the Chris Paul nutmeg was on Hardenstein Steen, oh, Stein, and then Schroeder had to play yeah, I don't know if blew. it's I don't know if it's Steen or Stein either. I don't know I have no idea uh Schroeder blew right by him to the rim as if he wasn't even there I mean, he can't. He cannot defend the three-guard lineup at all, or any of those guys, really. And the Thunder are going to get into the paint. They're either going to get a wide-open mid-range jumper, or they're going to get to the rim. And I don't think, I, to me, I would have been glad he didn't play him because he was. He didn't look like an NBA player when he played in OKC. So, yeah. I think they're just looking for something to be mad about, and they just look at the amount of players that played and said, "Hey, that's ridiculous. Like that's crazy." I was like, I, I kind of agree with that, but also his options are Hartenstein, Steen, Tyson Chandler, Chris Clemens, Melvin Frazier. Those are your options. And when you get, and you also get 29 minutes of just Eric Gordon being so, 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 so terrible. Yeah, that's true. And you get, you get 41 minutes of poor PJ Tucker who he said after the game that he has, like, nerve damage in his shoulder <laughs> and that it's just, like, a pain tolerance issue. Yeah. He's like, I really just need rest. That's the only cure for this. Meanwhile, he just played 41 minutes in a January game. Sheesh. Yeah, Eric Gordon's 32% from three on the season. And, frankly, that's continuing the trend from last season. Yeah. But now he signed for four-year extension. Yeah, that's... <laughs> Why did they? Why four years? I don't know. Also, why does he have seven nicknames on Basketball Reference? Uh, they're probably all lame. What are they? The Hobbit, E Money, E G, E J, E G, E J, Splash Gordon, Three G, Air Gordon. I would say just keep Splash Gordon, and. Uh, Throw the rest away. What about EG and EJ? No. <laughs> what is EJ? I don't know if it's Junior. Eric. Eric Jr. Jordan. Eric. Oh, is that it? <laughs> he's, he's Eric Did Gordon Junior. So maybe it's Eric Junior. Oh. I don't know. He's thirty one. He's thirty one. I like. I like the three G. The classic reference to three <laughs> G networking. That's about what he's operating at right now. His network three G. I actually maybe that's the only one that you keep just because that's where he's at right now. Um unbelievable performance from the Thunder in that game. Just it was great. Just the the heart that they showed. I mean, all of like the intangible cliches, that's what the Thunder were in that game. They just they didn't quit. And Shay Shay didn't have the best game. He only took ten shots. He and Dort took the same amount of shots. Um, but I thought that he played within himself. He was in control. He had 10 boards, which was so important to that game. In a, in a game where the Thunder basically didn't have a center, they out-rebounded that Rockets team, 47-43. to 43. And it was really with Shea and Gallo. They had 23 rebounds between the two of them, which is a pretty huge deal. Because there were and there were a lot of rebounds to get, and let's see what it. Let me see how many offensive rebounds. Yeah, the Rockets only had nine offensive rebounds. I mean, you'd think in a game like that, that would be a, that's a huge difference maker. Because if they can get up to like twelve to fifteen offensive rebounds, they probably win the game. And you know, credit to Shea and really Chris Paul had eight. Credit to those guys for battling and getting those rebounds and ending the possession because. That's not that's not an easy task. 
um, against a bigger, stronger, more experienced team. Uh, the Thunder sit at seventh in the Western Conference still. Two games back of the Houston Rockets. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think about this? Where are the Thunder going to finish? Well, thank you for asking me, Andrew, because I have developed a new proprietary statistic to help us figure out where the Thunder are going to end up. Uh, you've heard of 538's Raptor and Draymond and Carmelo mm-hmm. rating. I have my own. It's my singular rating. <laughs> it stands for seeding information number generator likelihood of everything rating. <laughs> so this is my, this is proprietary. You cannot use this. This is my singular rating. And what it is, Andrew, I, I've looked at you put whatever teams in it you want, and it'll tell you who will finish ahead. It'll, it'll, it'll give you the final order, the final seeding. Okay. So I look at I look at 10 different factors. We're going to go through them real quick. And for each of those factors, the team that's the best at that would get a one. Mm-hmm. The team that's the worst would get a three. And then I just add those numbers. Simple, simple arithmetic, Andrew. And like golf, you want the lowest number at the end of the day. Okay? Okay. So the first thing, I we got to start with the seeding. Dallas is in fifth. Oh, and by the way, I'm only looking at OKC, Houston, and Dallas because OKC's already like five and a half games back of Utah. Yeah, that's not happening. Probably not happening. On the other hand, they're also like four and a half games up on the eighth seed. So yeah. it right now, this this could change. I mean, some team could have a major injury or something. But for right now, it feels like the fifth seed is this team's ceiling and the seventh seed is this team's floor. Yeah. And the Dwight, and Dwight Powell injury that happened last night where he's essentially, I mean, he's out for the season is a pretty right. big deal for Dallas. Um, it is. And we, and we will get to that because that isn't, that is one of my factors. Okay, good. So the current seating, Dallas is fifth, Houston six, OKC seven. So you get, you know, Dallas gets one point for that. We're getting three points right off the bat. We're behind Ouch. the eight ball there. Rest of season strength of schedule. So in terms of how easy it is, OKC has the best, 22nd easiest, also known as ninth, wait, 22nd hardest, also known as ninth easiest. Mm -hmm. Whereas Houston is 14th hardest, Dallas is 18th hardest. So we've got the easiest schedule of all those teams. Point differential goes to Dallas. They're very good. Their point differential after last night is still a plus seven, yeah, which is a huge number. That's third in the NBA. Second in the West. Yeah, just behind the Lakers. That's very, Houston's very at 4.1. Weird. We're at 1.7. Yeah. Looking at the 538 rating, they love them some Houston for whatever reason. Their full strength Raptor rating, I don't think it's Raptor, their full strength rating is so far beyond these other two teams. Mm-hmm. I think they rank them as like the fifth best team in the NBA currently. So they so they win that one, and OKC is last in that one. Yeah. Then we get then we get to some of my uh, my other ones. For instance, the coach. I gave this I gave the number one to Dallas. I think Carlisle's the best coach out of those three. But then I went Billy number two. Not necessarily because I think he's better than Dan Tony, but because I think Dan Tony might not be a coach <laughs> in like another month. Because he's not a, he's not allowed to coach. Is this, yeah, exactly. is this in like the order of coaches that are allowed to do their job? Yes. Okay. So Houston was third, so not good for them. Then I went to injuries. Now, I did do this last night, so I, I was aware of the Dwight Powell injury, but I wanted I didn't I wanted to be consistent, so I actually used mangameslost.com. Mm-hmm. And the team that has suffered the most has actually been Houston which I think is factoring in mainly the Austin Rivers and the Gerald Green injuries. Okay, yeah. Which, like, looking at them playing eight-man rotation in January, like, yeah, those guys probably would have helped. Um, Maybe. And then Austin OKC- was so bad in Oklahoma City, too. Like, he sucked. <laughs> it's, it's true, Andrew, but they're still bodies. Uh, OKC was second, and Dallas actually had the – one of the best injury lucks of any NBA team, even with all the stuff that had been going on with Porzingis. That's interesting. As of last night, they had amazing injury luck, and then, of course, they lose 
Dwight Powell last night, mm-hmm. which is a big loss. And it's got, I was on Mavericks subreddit and they're talking about, you know, do we trade for Adams? Do we trade for Drummond? Personally, oh I'm like, who cares? Like, just get some backup. Don't go all in on one of these centers and trade away, like, whatever asset you have left. If Nerlens wasn't eating hot dogs on their bench, he'd be great for them. He would be great for them. Okay, my next one was depth. I actually think of these three teams, especially now that Dwight Powell is out, I think OKC might have the best depth. Yeah. And I then I gave it to Dallas, and then Houston I thought had the worst. Mm-hmm. Best player, this is where it, it, it hurts for OKC. I, I actually gave it to Dallas. Said Luka with Harden's recent stretch. I think Luka's the clear best player, then Harden, and then whoever you want to say on OKC. Say Chris Paul. Oh, but then, Andrew, the owner ranking. <laughs> the owner ranking, you might say, why does that matter? It matters oh, it in matters. my singular rating. <laughs> I gave it to OKC. Yeah. Because I couldn't ignore the decades-long sexual harassment case <laughs> down in Dallas. <laughs> so I so guess now, though, like, how do you rank him and Tillman? Well, that goes to show you how bad Tillman is. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> that he's still last. He, he couldn't beat out a decades-long sexual harassment case. Wow. So it's too bad for him. Shut and up then and the listen, last, everybody. The last category is drama. How mm-hmm. much drama is going on with a team? Mm-hmm. And, you know, before last night, I might have said... Dallas had the least amount of drama, but now I think it's OKC because now with this Dwight Powell loss, I think there's some drama in Dallas because now their fans are freaking out. What do we do with this season? Do we need to go get a big man? And then we all know Houston has the most drama. So, Andrew, you add all of this up. My final singular rating for nervous. all these three teams. The fifth seed is going to be the Dallas Mavericks mm-hmm. with a singular rating of 16. The sixth seed is going to be the Oklahoma City Thunder <sighs> with a singular rating of 20. And Houston is going to get the seventh seed with a singular rating of 24. <laughs> That's scientific. Now you know. That is science. That's exactly how this will happen. Man, if that really happens. I mean, that would we, be so terrible for Houston. That means they could have to play like the Clippers. I mean, the, wor- the worst would be the Clippers. If they have to play Clippers round one. And like Paul George is back and is healthy, like they're gonna get demolished. I really think they would get demolished. Yeah, because I'm as much as I've been, I've been a little toot tooting on the the Clippers. Like, oh, look at these guys. What's their problem? They need to get it together. <laughs> but in the back of my mind, I, I do think if they get to the playoffs and they're healthy, they're going to be so good. Yeah, and it's. I always feel like they are missing a big guy, especially against the Lakers. But against that Houston team, it doesn't matter. Like you can play Harrell against Capella as much as you want. True. Yeah. So, I mean, the Thunder just proved you can beat them with Mike Muscala against Capella. So, uh, I think they'll be just fine with Montrez Harrell in in the middle. I mean, that would be wild. Because I mean, I mean, just what was it? Two or three weeks ago, we were talking about the Thunder at seven and the Rockets at two. Yeah, it's true. And they have fallen apart since then. They're four games back of the two spot now, which, and having to jump that many teams. It's not only that. Right. And their schedule is really tough moving forward. Like, they have to get it together. And they could go on a run. Like, they could go on a run and get up to the four seed or something. But... And they, and they are catching a break tonight because they're playing the Nuggets, and the Nuggets are missing a ton of guys. Like Millsap's out, Jamal Murray's out. Mm-hmm. I think there's a few other guys. Unfortunately, Michael Porter Jr. is about to smash on them. <laughs> they still have Jokic and, and Porter. Team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a it's it's a big deal. The Nuggets. Who did they? They beat the Timberwolves without all those guys. That's true. And the Tim. My gosh, the Timberwolves. How can they just continue to be so bad? I just don't understand. Yeah, it's rough. They're they're playing a little bit more competitively though since Towns got back. Yeah, it's just a disaster. Uh, what's not a disaster is Twitter questions. Twitter questions. First Twitter question comes from at Vito zero zero six zero eight three six three. Would you like to? What would you give up in a trade? For either Embiid or Simmons. 
Who's the better fit with Shay? Uh, better fit. Uh, I mean, unless Shay really starts shooting threes, like somebody was asking about comparing uh, Shay to Donovan Mitchell. Mm-hmm. And I was looking at Donovan Mitchell's rookie stats and he was already taking seven threes per game, <laughs> which is crazy. It's double what SGA is currently taking. Yeah. So unless he like really, if he was given that of- role though, like the remember Donovan Mitchell was like the guy on that team, like the only guy. It's true. But it, even, even still, even in that role, I don't know if Shea would take that many threes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but on the other hand, in terms of injuries, you feel pretty good about Simmons. Like he's a solid dude. Yeah. He On the other hand... His, he did miss his entire rookie season. That is true. <laughs> On the other hand, he is kind of moody. He is you moody, know? yeah. And Embiid is pretty fun. Mm-hmm. On the other hand... <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually don't know. I mean, What's the I think trade? Embiid is the... Embiid is the best overall player. Oh, I don't, there's no trade also. <laughs> it would have to be like all of our picks. Yeah. I don't understand what the trade would be. Because there's not, especially for Philly. I mean, Philly's in a position where like they want to win now. Mm-hmm. So I guess if you could formulate some trade where we are giving them Chris Paul and also maybe like Steven Adams, that's so much money. Okay. I don't know how we could ever do that. And then a ton of picks. I don't think either of those would happen. Yeah, I don't know how you get there, money-wise. I mean, Chris Paul, and we could throw him Bays. We can throw him. Yeah, never mind. Uh, it's too hard. It's too hard to get there, money-wise, with Joel in particular, and to make sense of it, because you're Philly. You're going for it right now. You're gonna take like all these steps back and like, okay, process again, guys. <laughs> You know, I mean, there's just no way. There's just no way that you could you could make that happen. I mean, if the Thunder could get Joel Embiid and just plop him on this team, that would be awesome. Yeah. I mean, if you could somehow do it and keep Chris Paul and like make it like a Stephen Adams and Baisley and Ferguson and tons of picks. Like, that's a pretty interesting team. You have Joel Embiid, you have Danilo Gallinari, you have Schroeder, you have Shea. I mean, that's a really interesting team. Like, what does that team do in the Western Conference? Like, that's that's a scary team in the Western Conference. There's not prime, of, prime yeah. Ibaka would have been such a good pairing with Ben Simmons. Yeah. Like, just a guy who can actually play center especially like in today's era mm-hmm. you could play center mm-hmm. and who's not going to be clogging the paint on offense he's going to be out there shooting those corner threes and doesn't mind he would have been great yeah yeah he would have been great uh, i would pick Embiid, but they're not trading Embiid. that's just not going to happen even though they've been fun without him they still you don't I mean, I, I'm not convinced they win a playoff series against any of those big-time East teams without him. So, Yeah. Uh, let's see. Luke Austin Helms wants to know, is Big Mama okay? Uh, Big Mama is okay. What happened was we went in one morning, and she was laying on her side, which guinea pigs don't really do that. And we thought she was just sleeping, though. Like, mm-hmm. oh, maybe she's just sleeping. And then she started to kick a little bit. And it was like, oh, she's having a dream. It was like, no, uh, she might be having a seizure. <laughs> so then we got freaked out. Turned out she had a foot infection, and that's why she was on her side. She didn't want to be on her, her feetsies. Yeah. So we, we had to give her some medicine, and then it got a little bit worse yesterday, but now we know what we're doing. We finally went to someone who like specializes in guinea pigs. So Big Mama is on the mend. I really thought – Especially like yesterday morning, I thought she was dying. Oh no! Based on what Mal was telling me, my wife, um, but she she is alive, and okay. so Big Mama, she's stronger than ever. Good, she's back at. Good, good news on Big Mama. Uh, Bangelup wants us to rank the top five worst NBA owners. I think we said a few weeks ago that we had we still had Sarver number one. Yeah, 
James Dolan. Oh, no, no, oh well, we might have had Dolan number one. Dolan, huh. Sarver. And then I think we put Fertitta three. Yeah, Tillman three. And then Jordan was definitely in the top five. Yeah, Jordan's been bad. Jordan four. Um, uh, Ted Leonsis of the Wizards. Mm, he's cool now. People like him now. <laughs> because he came up with his plan or whatever. Yeah, um, and he brought in like uh, Dean Oliver, you know. <laughs> yeah, he did do that. So everyone likes him now. Um, there's not there's not as many bad owners as there used to be. Jerry Reinsdorf for the Bulls. Yeah, that's that's a pretty good one. Yeah, they've been pretty miserable for a long time, and I don't think that he's a part of the solution. There's some bad owners, and it's nice that the Thunder own picks of at least one of them. Uh, let's see. Are we going to get a, uh, Deborah Buckets basketball hour? Uh, you are not. Okay. <laughs> Today. Just, just curious. I, did, okay. I had to work too long. <laughs> it's okay. Um, Vanellope King wants to know, is Rocket, lo- if Rocket fan love for Russell, a newfound hate for Harden, the weirdest NBA development of the year? If the Rockets were to bench James Harden, would you ever need to watch basketball again? <sighs> it, it, it was pretty wild, especially seeing Ben DeBose really go to bat for us. Oh, my goodness. He drives me crazy. He oh. does drive me crazy. Because <laughs> more than anyone else, like when I saw that last two-minute report, mm-hmm. uh, Jonathan Fegan uh, tweeted it out. I was like, yeah. I will bet you within 15 minutes there is a thread on Ben DeBose's page <laughs> about the last two-minute report. And I went there within 15 minutes. It was there. And I had no one to share it with. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's wild. Yeah, and I'm sure for the for the Russ fans, you know, we 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 all know who they are. You know, the people who they're Russ first, Thunder second, or maybe even Rockets second. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's pretty pretty good developments for them. You know. Yeah. No no one's really hating sure. on Russ right now. I, well, actually, there are plenty of people hating on Russ right now, <laughs> but. I feel like among Rockets fans, they're being pretty positive towards him mm-hmm. in general. Yeah. I mean, they have to be. Otherwise, what else would they do? There would be no positivity at all. And and just like aesthetically, they're getting to see this other kind of basketball player mm-hmm. after watching like Harden CP3 ISOs for two seasons. Yep. Yep. No kidding. It's nice to have some variety. Yeah. Uh, Paul R. Valentine wants to know, Alex, you are hosting a party, and Daryl Morey and Kevin Durant make surprise appearances. Both leave their phones on a table while they go to introduce themselves to Big Mama, giving Alex just enough time to steal one of their Twitter passwords. Who do you pick, and what do you do? So I thought about this a lot, Andrew. First of all, no question I'm going with Morey. Yeah. Do not do not care about KD. KD can do his own thing and screw up his online presence. He doesn't need me. I was going to say, is there anything that he hasn't already said that you would like fantasize about saying on his? Now, tweet? now like, the one good thing of choosing KD is that if you do tweet something as KD, it's going to be a lot harder for him to deny <laughs> that it was him. So you do have that going for you. If you really have a good zinger (laughs) that you want to get out. You could say anything. Yeah. But, okay, so here's the deal. If if I can only check the phone, because honestly, if you could steal the password, all I would do is just get the password and then forget it. I'd go home and I'd be reading through Daryl Morey's DMs, you know, (laughs) seeing if any of these GMs communicate with each other over social media, which I bet they do. Yeah. But if I only have like five seconds, I can only jump in real quick. First thing I do is I hit the little name and see if he has alternate accounts. Ooh, yeah. Because I want to see if he has a secret account. Because, you know, if you're going to tweet something as Daryl Morey, what are you really trying to do? You're probably trying to get the guy fired. (laughs) Because, Because we think he's a generally good GM. And if the Rockets didn't have him, it'd be better for our picks. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I feel about like trying to get a human being fired <laughs> that way. But you just mentioned have, something about Beijing again. If he does have an alternate account, 
and you could reveal it, you know, find out if he's been tweeting about like Russ or about Tillman. Yeah. That would be pretty cool. Now, if I was going to tweet something as Maury, I think because it need to be believable. So it need to be something like he could have meant to say to someone in private, but he accidentally put it through Twitter. And it, it, it needs to be something that is really going to make Tillman mad. Because mm-hmm. that's really my only enemy at this point. So I think you do something simple like, uh, I guess they didn't teach that in casino school. You know, something like really <laughs> vague th- that, that could be thought to be about Tillman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bubba Gum Shrimp Company sucks. <laughs> now, why would Daryl Morey ever be saying that? That's an, uh, Tillman owns it. Oh, I know. I know. He owns it. <laughs> How would Maury get on the subject of Bubba Gum Shrimp Cum? <laughs> he, he, I don't know. I'm just, just saying if you want to get on Tillman's bad side. Just, but, just... but if I can only check it, I'm looking alternative counts, and then I'm quick look at the DMs just to see like the type of people he's DMing. And then just a quick nod to Bubba Gums and how much it sucks. Please. <laughs> It'd actually be funnier if he tweeted out how much he loved it. Because everyone would assume he would be he was being sarcastic. <laughs> I don't know. It's pretty good. It's pretty, pretty good. Um, let's see. Sig two one one seven asks about a Conley for Chris Paul trade. I don't think Utah I think they're happy with what's going on right now. I mean, they're like tied for the second seed with Denver. Yeah. And they've done all of that without Conley. So when bringing back Conley it's almost just like a bonus right now. Like if, if, if you can get him anywhere near, like he doesn't even have to be what we think of as Mike Conley. If you can get like a B or a B plus Mike Conley, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, so Chris, I, I think they're just going to hang on. Chris obviously would make them better. I'm not, I'm not sure that the thunder, like what, what pick would you get from Utah that you'd be like, Oh yes, we have to do that right now. Yeah, and it's the same thing. Some people were asking about like a Mavericks trade. Yeah, there's nothing on the Mavericks. Like they can't trade a first round pick until 2025. Yeah, which is like smack dab in Luca's prime. Right. And yeah, maybe that's the one season he gets hurt, but it's not great. They do have a really nice second round pick this year. They have Golden State's second round pick. Yeah, that is nice. But they should go trade that for like Andre Drummond or whatever. Yeah, and in this draft. I mean, it's more like a mid-second round pick. Right, yeah. Uh, let's see. Andrew Kesey wants to know if we think that Matisse Tybel is going to be better than Andre Robertson. Those highlights from the Nets game were pretty impressive, Yeah, I have to say. And Matisse can shoot it. So, I mean, overall, his overall game, yes. Is he going to be as good of a defender as Dre? I don't know. Dre was incredible as a one-on-one defender. He could defend one through four on a nightly basis. And I like Matisse. Matisse is really good at disrupting things. I think he is a good defender. Um, will he ever be as great as Andre? I don't know. Uh, let's see. Um, is China sending Alex gifts from Amazon because he talks about Daryl Morey so much? Well, if they were, they're not anymore. Did they stop I, after I, he mentioned I, I, it? The only reason I brought that up last week was because I was on a run of like six days in a row of getting packages. And so I felt safe enough to bring it up because it's like, well, this is, you know, this is gravy train right now. <laughs> and the second that podcast was released, I was cut off. <laughs> I have not received anything in the last week. Wow. Really sad. That is. Um, case case pian. I don't know. Sorry. Okay. Uh, would starting Dort over Ferguson be a possibility soon? I, I don't know. Ferguson feels like one of those people where if he's healthy, Billy's going to start him. Billy's going to play him. Yeah. Although just the fact that he was willing to start Dort, as we've talked about, is pretty interesting. It's a big deal. I, I mean, they're going to start Ferguson if he's ready. And he went from illness to personal reasons, which just gives me Alex Sabrina's PTSD. So 
Yeah, um, that's true. I don't like that. I don't like that at all, especially with the kind of with all the stuff that he's had going on this season. I I don't like it. I hope that he's back. I hope he plays tonight. I don't know that he will. I hope that he at least maybe will play against Atlanta on Friday. I hope that he plays. I hope that he's okay. I hope his situation is okay. I just want him to play. And also, super sad that Alex Abrinas isn't on this Thunder team because he would be amazing for this Thunder squad. I mean, absolutely amazing. Like the perfect guy. If he was starting in place of Ferguson. Just think about it. Just think about it. <laughs> I'm mad. That was like two. When when did he last? Was that last season? That was last that season. Happened? Yeah, last season. Wow. So it's probably been. We're we're probably at the one year anniversary. We're getting close to it. That, and we're getting close to the two year anniversary in like four days of Dre. I know. Sad. Sad things. Uh, but yeah, I think Ferg will start. Uh, let's see. At Darren EB1, what are weaknesses in SGA's game that you guys think he needs to improve on and or what would you like him to add to his game? Uh, I think clearly, and he's worked, and this has gotten better from year one to year two, it's just that he needs to have a faster release on his three. Um, and I also feel like he needs to have a quicker trigger on the three, like shoot it. There's a lot of times that I feel like he's open and he hesitates. Like, don't hesitate. Just shoot it. And so, really, it's the three-point shot to me. And then I think that he could um, be a better distributor. But I think that those both those things can come in time. I mean, he's shooting step-back threes on people. Uh, I, did not, I did not think that would happen this year. I kind of hoped it would. Uh, but it's become a reality for this squad. So... Yeah, some of his weaknesses are more incomplete just because of how it's set up right now. Because mm-hmm. that, I, you know, obviously it's not like he has this like amazing natural passing ability, like like a John ja Morant or something, right? Because I feel like we would have seen that by now, but oh, yeah. we really haven't. We really don't have a good idea of just like how well can he run an offense on his own yet over the course of like a game. Sure. Uh, at JJ underscore zero five underscore. Is it really a bad thing if we keep Chris? Uh, probably not. I mean, that if you haven't read it yet, uh, Sports Illustrated did a great article on Chris Paul yesterday um, that really just made you feel good about the state of the franchise. And there were some great quotes in there from Presti and some great anecdotes about Chris and Shay, just like how good of friends they are in such a short amount of time. Um, I also thought one of the cool details from that article was how many young guys around the league know Chris Paul from his basketball camps. Mm-hmm. So like Josh Akogi, uh, who I think he was the one where his like dad passed away at a really young age and Chris Paul was like texting him all the time and they still maintain a text relationship. Huh. Um, so yeah, he, he, Chris Paul obviously comes across very well in this article written about him and you just have to feel good about where the thunder is with him. So yeah, I mean, whatever happens, happens. Yeah. I think everyone is just kind of in a good mood right now. Mm -hmm. And if they were losing, it'd probably be different. You know, if they were, you know, down there, even like where the blazers are and you're like fighting for the AC, but you're not really confident that you're going to make it. Mm Mm-hmm. It might be a little different, but being like a locked in playoff team with a chance to get even a little bit higher in the seating, I think everyone's just kind of letting it play out and see what happens. Yeah. And I think it's raising his trade value. And I think still, I think the plan is likely that the Thunder deal him in the summertime when, I mean, the summer is the time that these are all the good teams are basically capped out and don't have a way to improve or change their roster except through trade. And so I think that's when Chris Paul shows some value. Then he only has two years left on his deal. I think he makes the all-star game. I think most people are picking him to make the all-star game. Um, if he, I mean, his first all-star game since 2016. He's coming off of a year where he makes the playoffs where he's not supposed to. 
I think that there'd be a team that says, okay, we'll take that. He really helped the Thunder organization. And so uh, I think that they could deal him in the summer. I still think that that's probably the plan. And also the conversation around Chris Paul's contract on the internet is so confusing because somehow him saying that he's not going to opt out of $44 million has Thunder fans saying that he's so loyal to our city. <laughs> That's so weird. And because <laughs> that was, I, I just don't know how you get there from I that. No, it's $44 million. It's 44 million. He's not opting out of it so that, and people are saying like, yeah, he's not going to go join a super team. No, the dude's going to make $44 million and he's probably going to be playing on another team anyways. Like, what is going on? Like, Why do we have to do this? Don't do this. Don't be a part of this. If you've liked that one of those tweets, please go unlike it, unretweet. Like, Don't participate. Because that's not this. That's not what this is. Not at all. I mean, it would be like, I don't know if like Taco Bell said, hey, we're going to give Andrew $44 million to eat here. And I'm sure like, yeah, heck yeah, let's do it. I'm going to eat there. I never eat a Taco Bell. This is not Taco Bell loyalty. This is just me getting paid tons of money. And I just happen, Taco Bell happens to be the one paying me, you know? Yeah. Chris, Chris Paul and the Thunder is a mutually beneficial business relationship and everyone is enjoying it right now. Yeah. And that's great. But I don't think like. You know, obviously, Chris Paul isn't moving his family to Oklahoma City. You know, a, a big part of that SI story was about how his family's still out in L.A. Mm-hmm. and how hard that is for him and how he, he's traveling back to L.A. between games. Like, he is not viewing Oklahoma City as, like, a long-term destination. No, 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 no. And that's, and that's okay. That's okay. And that's okay. Please do not mistake him wanting to keep his $44 million as loyalty to Oklahoma City. Please don't. Please don't be that person. Please don't. Uh, let's see. So the trade deadline is, what are we, a couple weeks away from it? Uh, it's three weeks. Or is it usually, is it the 7th now? Or is it moved up? It's the 6th. So we're oh wow, two weeks away from really it, close. essentially. Ooh, baby. So we have we that close. next week and the week after will be the only two Wednesday pods before the trade deadline. Uh, what are your expectations for the next two weeks for OKC? For OKC, uh, I think when it comes down to it, we're going to see one or two minor moves uh, with the goal of getting under the tax. Mm-hmm. Cause aren't they, aren't they super close? They're close to it. I, I, they if they if that's the only thing that they can do at at the deadline is deal Justin Patton and send cash and get under the tax that's fine I don't know how concerned the Thunder are with getting under the tax like as a goal like I don't I, I think that they're I think above that and they may not get these other two and so they may get get to that and be like all right let's just get under the tax I think they would like to improve their draft capital. And I think that if they can get better with dealing Andre Robertson and not having to dip into that draft capital, I think that they would do that. Beyond yeah, that, I think, beyond that, I just I, I don't know. I don't think that getting under the tax is like a top priority. I guess it, it's probably not a top priority, but it's one of those things. It would just be nice because they have been in the tax for so long. It would reset the repeater tax, and yeah, we don't think they're going to be over the tax in like two seasons for sure yeah they won't be because that would take like a wild influx of big time salaries yeah but you never know you never know what if uh shay after his first big contract uh somehow convinces some guy to come play with him you know you never know yeah might, might as well just get out of it if you have a chance if you're that close yeah but still like this first big contract is several years away so I guess it's three years away. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I, I mean, I don't, it, it'd be nice if they could, I still expect them to do something. Um, I still would not be surprised to see a guy like Schroeder traded, even though it's been extremely helpful to this team or even Gallinari. I would not be surprised. I think teams are calling about both. I don't know. My, my inclination is to this point. That's he's not, Sam isn't getting what he wants for either one of them. 
or else he would have already made the deal. And so, really, it's all about are any of these teams going to meet the asking price for either one of those guys? And I don't know. I don't hey, but with, but with the tax, mm-hmm. sorry to go back to money again, What if they do get under, they get some money. Yeah, it's true. It's also some, I can't remember who, I think maybe it was Bobby Marks that tweeted that it was like going to be the least amount of money since like, I can't remember what year it was. Two thousand. Well, that was that's the Blazers' fault because I know that their deal alone decreased the amount per team would get by like a quarter of a million dollars. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it would be nice, but for us, because you know they'd share it with all the fans. <laughs> yeah, they would send everybody a check for like <laughs> two cents. It'd be beautiful. Uh, okay. Anything else before we go? I think that's it. Okay. But, uh, uh, who do we play tonight? They play the Orlando Magic tonight. The Ma- Ooh, Markel Fultz. Yeah. Markel Fultz tonight. They get the Atlanta Hawks on Friday at home. Uh, both kind of kind of interesting. Kind of the Magic are not really that interesting. But um, should be. Markel is at least kind of fun, I guess. So we'll yeah. see. Two games the Thunder should win. They're probably favored in both. They should win. We'll see who all is playing tonight. Uh, I'll be interested to see what Steven's status is. I would guess he won't play tonight, but then hopefully he's just has like a minor ankle sprain and then he can play Friday. But he looks all he's getting banged up again. It'd be nice to get him some rest at the All Star break. Uh, thanks for listening. Follow Alex on Twitter at AlBabyCakes. You can follow me on Twitter at Andrew K. Schlecht. Make sure you are subscribed to The Athletic. It's where the best sports writers are, best sports content. If you are an NFL fan, excited about the Super Bowl, you can go read about it on The Athletic. Uh, And obviously all your NBA content can be found on The Athletic. Thanks again for listening, and we'll talk to you guys again on Friday.